Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll. My name is Dan and today I'm joined by Jack Armstrong to talk about Cities of Sigmar, but not just Cities of Sigmar. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the Hammerhole City. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Good evening. How's it going? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Very well. Bit late, bit tired, but it's a Thursday, so we're all good. Nearly the weekend. We're nearly there. So we've got you on to talk about Hammerhole in general, um, but also the specifics of how your recent games went, because you've just taken them to a tournament, haven't you? I have, yes. It was lots of fun. How was how was Belgium? Uh, the bits I remember <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in between the uh, 9.5% Belgian beers were excellent. <laughs> excellent. But yes, it was, yeah. And, and where did you place in the end? I came fifth, which came was fifth. far, I know, far exceeded my expectations. I, I took it as a slight fun list, which I've always wanted to run. And I thought actually an international tournament where I'm going to be drinking lots of beer having something that's reasonably straightforward to play will be quite good. And they, they did very well. I was I was pleasantly surprised. It's quite it's quite interesting because you and I were, have been speaking about Hammerhall f- for a while, haven't we? We've been kind of bouncing a few ideas off. And you you had said very much that. You kind of said, like, I'm not planning on doing anything with the list. Just want to kind of push some demographics around and have some fun. Yeah, and I still don't quite think they're ever going to win a tournament. But I definitely think, you know, especially with a bit of tweaks and to do with some of the meta that's there at the moment, they could have reasonable success, you know, a good four in one army at a UK tournament. So, yeah, there's there's definitely hope for them. I almost, I'm almost tempted to run them again. I'm not sure I will, but I'm almost tempted. That's as close as I'll get. Or maybe, maybe I'll, you can live vicariously through me. Maybe I should take them to an event because I, I have my, my Krieg Hammerhall idea uh, that I want to take. I want to use my Krieg Rough Riders as demigriffs. Um, well, you couldn't do anything simple as just use the actual models, could you? Well, exactly. I do like to have a little special snowflake factor, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> so, right. Let's talk about the list itself. So, what is the list? So, the list I ran... Um, so, I've basically been... I've always loved Hammerhall. I had 12 Demigriff Knights from old 7th stroke 8th edition. So I've always had the models. And when the playtest book came out, whenever it was, I was lucky enough to be one of the people playtesting it. And I saw that Demigriffs had had a bit of a point buff, uh, sorry, a, a rules buff, as well as this kind of Hammerhall Lancers formation. I immediately kind of thought, this just looks cool. Um, so in addition to my 12 Demigriffs, I got some more. So I'm now a proud owner of I think about 24 or something crazy now. But um, and I just thought actually the real value of them is on the charge they hit an absolute steam train. So the theory is trying to get as many as possible into a list with other things around them that kind of support them and make them work. So the iteration I ran in Belgium was I mean it was five units of three, um, which I think you always want to go for min size units because the power is on the charge and so they really suffer from being pinned. So the more units you got, the better because you're more likely to get those charges off. And then it was a, the general on a griffin, which is mandatory for the formation. And then you kind of have the points to play around with. Um, and I really wanted to fit the Star Drake in. He's just gone down in points, and there's an artifact called Armor of Malice that gives him a plus one armor save. And so a Star Drake with the two up rerolling ones, I just thought as something that's very resilient for the list and some of those hero scenarios. And then I had unfortunately not quite enough points for one for a sixth unit of demis, because that would have been amazing. So instead I had 140, so I took an encanter just for that auto dispel. The spell from the lore is actually very nice. It's if you ever cast it, it's minus one to hit wholly within nine, which again is very good if you're wanting to be a bit more defensive with them. Um, and then just a bit of utility, another character, that kind of thing. 
it was more points left over rather than a, a necessary addition to the list. And what was the start point for the list? Did you think, I want to run Hammerhall, so let's make a list out of this formation? Or did you want to run a certain start of list and think, oh, actually, that formation achieve something similar no it definitely was i want actually just wanted to run that formation and you can only run that formation in hammerhall although in in fairness the two are reasonably symbiotic and that they work very well together so you i i actually think um demis could work quite nicely in tempest eye but you need the formation to get them to really work um basically their their stats generally for the lance are threes and fours um and so just that's not a very reliable role with 10 attacks you know statistically you're looking about three to four going through which just isn't enough whereas in the formation they go down to twos and threes which just is ridiculously more reliable so you really you need the formation to make them work and so then it really is a case of how many can i stack in the formation and then what do i put in around it to help that formation do its job um and actually i think almost my conclusion at the end of it was probably more demis because actually the star drake isn't isn't great for 500 points and i think that could be almost another nine demigrass so would you at that point would you go for building a mega unit so a unit of nine or something or would you go for three units of six or would you try and squeeze a double formation in there Oh, you can do a double formation, but you kind of then run out of the third artifact choice, although it's quite nice. I actually think I did one, which is just the general on Griffin, and then two sixes and four threes. I mean, I really think primarily you get as many units as possible into the formation, because what you often find happens is they either, you know, you move forward. They're not particularly fast, so often people can charge you and pin you, especially if you can't get a double turn, um, and then they're pretty useless. They just, they grind reasonably well in that they don't die but they also don't do much damage and aren't ever really going to hurt anything so what you then rely on is the second unit which was behind them charging in and freeing them up so it really needs that kind of one two whammy and you never really want to get your general into combat because he dies far too quickly and he's so integral to getting the buffs off on the units basically the buff works if the unit's wholly within 18 of him when they charge so he has to be alive so you really just kind of fly him around the back line and try and make sure he doesn't die so you don't use the general as a beat stick then no he's just because you give well um especially as i gave the armor of malice to the star drake the general's just on a three plus armor save and 13 wounds so don't get me wrong he's actually he is very killy i give him the sainted blade and um blood of the 12 which again is very nice so it gives him his sword so i give him the rune sword which is a bit unusual most people give him the hammer but the rune sword is an additional one rend and an additional point of damage if you're within six inches of an objective which suddenly makes his sword on the charge five attacks on twos and threes uh rend two damage three which is pretty pokey um and then the the blood of the 12 is a uh, unit wholly within 12 reroll wound rolls of one. So again, it just gives you that reliability, both on his attacks, his mount attacks, because his mount gets a plus one, plus one as well. So it's on twos and twos or uh, threes and twos, rerolling one. So it just makes him very reliable. But the problem is if you put him forward, even if you kill something, something then kills you back. And what did you think to the other two <laughs> command traits? You've got uh, plus one to attacks, characteristics of his melee weapons, and you also get an extra command point uh, at the start of battle or you've also got aggressive general which is add one to hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly hammerhole units that are wholly within 12 of him uh, if and this is i guess this kind of writes it off for you if he made a charge move in the same turn it, it's not even that i mean the issue with the list which is not really an issue is the list hits on twos ones or zeros it, you never struggle to hit roll so basically 
a demigriff normally hits on threes and he normally if all of his attacks bar one hits on threes and you get plus one to hit on the charge his command ability is plus one to hit and you can stack it and one of the special abilities of hammer hall is that at the beginning of your turn you want a dice for every banner so you're basically rolling five to six dice and every six is a command point so you know i generally i would always manage to hit on twos and so you don't need that extra buff if it had been a plus one to wound you would take it all the time but actually it's just trying to it's trying to make sure you're just hitting on two plus but no better gotcha and you didn't and you think you've got enough command points via the banners held high roll as you described there you think you've got enough command points so you didn't feel like you needed to take the um prodigy uh, command trait to get you another one yeah so in turn one with a with a battalion you you're you're on two and then you've got a you know basically statistical chance to get at least one more per turn so i um very occasionally if you um, you know, if you want the command ability and you really want to charge and you want to fight twice, you find yourself running out. But on the whole, I find myself having enough for what I need to do. The fighting twice is just beautiful. So that's the other thing that's very good about Hammer Hall, which works well with this type of list. If you're wholly within your opponent's territory for a command point, you could fight again at the end of the combat phase if you're within three. So essentially, the time when you get your charge with your demigriffs, as long as you're within their territory then you um, can fight twice and in fairness i very rarely needed to do it is more if you pin if you tag two units and then you kind of you kill the first with your first activation and the second with your second but often when they would get if they go in i mean three of them would happily sorry three demigriffs on the charge would happily kill a, a keeper of secrets or a lord of change or anything kind of 14 wounds with a four up save you often don't even need to roll your demigriff attack it's that reliable basically it's just for you know it's it's 10 attacks um statistically on twos and threes you often spend a command point to give them reroll ones just to make sure especially if you're going to activate them twice then you reroll ones to wound from the um, general's ability if you're within 12 so it's basically 10 attacks twos rerolling one so 10 hits threes rerolling ones you're looking at about eight wounds at ren two damage two so it it pretty much kills anything and and what about magic support for the army so you know if again so i looked at putting a hurricaneum in there um because the spell is lovely especially if you can keep up with the army because it's the minus one to hit which is a very useful ability but again the problem is um you don't need the plus one to hit because you've got so many pluses anyway so that part of it's wasted um and then i just i don't massively value the use of a spellcaster i mean it's meant as a semi-alpha strike stroke overbearing force so magic you don't really need it i mean the first is one of the first things i drop you cast the spell 50 percent of the time sometimes it's handy having the auto to spell for some of those horrible spells out there but you know stopping one spell mostly if an army's unless it's like a bridge from a hallowed heart army or a hand of um, hand of dust from the gash stopping one spell isn't really enough to drastically change your game whereas you know if he could have been three more demigriffs that would have been a lot better in every other game i suppose a lot of your kind of when you're approaching this list and the list design and, and putting things in taking things out i guess you keep referring back to that single statement which is is it better or as good or better than three more demigriffs three more dem- yeah and pretty much my conclusion from the weekend was very little is as good as three demigriffs <laughs> i mean bizarrely a star drake on the charge does less damage than three demigriffs really Oh yeah, easily. Star Drake is it, he's very tanky, but his damage output is absolutely useless. So you've you've kind of you've maxed out on the formation. You've got your well six. Only units. I only had five units. Five. On okay, so you nearly maxed out. You, you, yeah, you, nearly. And we'll, we'll we'll get down the line to uh, to what we change later after we talked about the uh, the tournament as a whole. But so you've you've got the core of the formation, and you've got X amount of points left. What did you feel that was missing about the list 
that made you add what you added in? So it was kind of how best do you fill it? And I thought with a star drake, suddenly going down to 500 points, he's, his bite attack is very handy because it kills things in units. Um, so it, it, in individual models, which yeah, can be quite so like handy. The, the for, horrors banner and things like that. Not, not yeah, that you're playing it, it, use each in this event, but you know, it's, it's, it's as, awesome. as a concept, it's useful. The um, OBR champion, um, you know, if you, if you're fighting things in lines, like, you know, fire slayers or witches or anything like that, you, we can eat something, especially if you, as you pile in again at the end of the combat phase that means they've already piled in so effectively it can give you two opportunities to eat something to break their formation and then you can kill the other half so you know most units don't have i don't know three deep and so actually if you wait for them to activate and they're very unlikely to kill much of you and then you activate twice you can if you can kill say four models from bites you can break a unit in half and kill the other half. So that's kind of how he's more resilient. And, and then, then was, having spent those 500 points, you had uh, a handful of change left to spend on something else. Yes, yeah. And so I hate having points left over. I mean, the other thing that really fits the list well is a Knight of Zeros, just because you're hitting so often on twos, the reroll ones is really lovely. Um, and so quite a few of my list iterations have had him in. But then I, I just really didn't like the fact that I have 40 points spare with... And no triumph is particularly useful because it's not like I've got one big unit that really, really benefits from a triumph. So, you know, it's not a bad thing, but it's not something I was looking for for the list. So actually, it was kind of like, well, if I've got the spare points, having the auto dispel is nice and the, the ability to have a caster. So he wasn't bad. He just didn't particularly do much. And then did you decide to arm your demographs with lances or halberds? Oh, lances every day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Ren 2, damage 2. I mean, it's nice that you would just roll the same dice almost for ease of rolling if you just um, go for the cavalry sabers. But it's the Ren 2, damage 2 on the charge that absolutely makes them. I mean, if you look at things like Fire Slayers and OBR and some of the other really tanky units out there, you need things that are better than Ren 1 in the game. Uh, otherwise, there are so many armies that can just nigh on ignore you. I mean, if you've seen the stats for what OBR do against Ren 1 attacks, it's just, it's not quite, you may as well not roll, but you know, it, you need an awful lot of them to do something. And then kind of going into the event before you started playing uh, the actual event games, how many games had you played with the list? Oh, I hadn't. You hadn't? <laughs> practice games? No, I don't play practice games. <laughs> so what were you worried about the list? You know, you've, you've, you're kind of comfortable with its strengths but uh what were you worried about so i pretty much thought if i come up against something like fire slayers i thought i'd lose to that um some of the zinch lists like the the old change host list that kind of just block the board again most of my stuff is just kind of foot slogging um anything with a high mortal wound output because again it all just dies the Sinesh lists generally they, they they kill a lot of them and i've got lots of multi-wound models um obr was a bit of an unknown but i wasn't sure about it um those are the main ones you kind of you kind of expect to see um yeah so but again as it was reasonably untested and also the belgium meta was potentially so different i really wasn't sure how it would do and then you know some of the people i was going out there with were taking you know someone had taken a hallow heart list someone had taken a list with 50 pistoliers in tempest eye someone else had taken archeon you know so there were some very very strong lists that i really thought well actually how would i cope with this you know so yeah i wasn't i wasn't overly fond of my chances i was kind of looking forward to losing a game nice and early so i could just kind of get around on some bottom tables and have a few charges and have a few beers but didn't quite go to plan <laughs> <laughs> no plan survives contact with demographs as the saying goes <laughs> yeah the, the new saying should go yeah. <laughs> the new saying so tell me about your event kind of tell me not not a blow by blow account of your games but kind of how the list performed overall yeah sure so 
I mean, so the first game was against Zinch, and it was an interesting one because it was it was a it was a fun list in fairness to the guy, and it was the four Oracle um, list with the four Lords of Change, and actually he just didn't play it very well and didn't screen, and so it was just one of those literal ones where. Okay, so the other thing about the list that's really, I think, important is I tried to keep it as low drop as possible. So my list can't do anything in the first turn if you're not coming towards me. You know, so it's a, a three drop list, but the demigriffs have a move 10. So if you're out of 22 inches, I can't even declare a charge, even if I give them a plus to charge. So the idea is you always give your opponent first turn and you let them get on the objectives. And then if they're on the objectives, then they're in range to be charged. So that's the kind of the, the fundamental of it is it needs to stay low drop because otherwise, if you just kind of walk up, then you give your opponent the opportunity to double turn you. So, um, so, so yeah, basically it worked against him where gave him first turn um, and then went up. He didn't scream very well, went in and killed his entire army turn two. So that was a slightly non-entity. Um, the second game was against a daughter's player. And this was a much more interesting one because, I mean, I think, again, the list struggles slightly in some of the scenarios where they're spread out because it hasn't got that many units. But again, I mean, thankfully, I've played Daughters of Cain so much myself over the last year or so that I knew the list inside out. And so it was a bit of a case of just trying to focus on the unit that wasn't buffed. And actually, it does a horrendous amount of damage to it. And, and also the Star Drake, actually, one of the reasons it was in there is for stuff like the Daughters matchup or maybe some of the Orc matchups where there's not much Ren, but there's lots of attacks. And they and can actually, just bounce yeah. off the Star Drake. They just literally do. I mean, it was funny. At one point, he charged in with a cauldron and Marathi because that's the only thing that could really kill my Star Drake. And actually, from the if you roll a one from a Star Drake save and then you make a successful save, it has a mortal wound. And I end up doing three mortal wounds to Marathi purely for bounces, which was quite impressive. Um, and he was he was not best pleased. Yeah, but, you've got to you be know, pretty so happy with that to do three mortal wounds outside of um, outside, outside of, the kind of, of sink. fighting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was, I was very chuffed with that. But um, yeah, so on the, I mean, that was a close game. Daughters are a really nasty army still. Um, I think that was more my knowledge of the Daughters army and, you know, him maybe slightly underestimating how my list works. And, you know, again, you kind of, I took this, I took the objectives. I think that was a play with three places of power. And I took a couple of objectives with a Star Drake and a, my general. And then I basically sat all the demigriffs way behind and said, if you want to come and fight the Star Drake that's on the middle objective, then you're going to be charged by 20 demis. Or oh, not 20, uh, 12 demis. And so, he, you know, he has to because he has to come and take the objective off me. But if he wants to, then he's putting himself in range of my charge. And so that obviously then all then all worked. Um, the third game was quite funny. At this stage, I was rather inebriated. So it was very, very lucky that I played. A, um, it was a what was it? A feck list. I oh, know it was a blisterkin, but um, for whatever they're called. And um, he basically just didn't really do much in his first turn when I gave it to him. And I just basically pushed my entire army forward. And then I won a double turn and I went in and I killed his whole army. So I wouldn't quite say it was a tactical genius on any stretch, but uh, it basically just did what it said in the tin. And again, he didn't scream particularly well. And it was a slight kind of player error would allow me to kind of get the charge in. So, so talking of screening particularly well, that's something your army doesn't have. So it's screened with, so ideally when you're placing the demis, you look for scenery. Because if you can find some scenery to place them in, they go to a tour armor save. And so your front rank, you kind of turn them on their side so that they have as big a profile as possible in cover. And then you stick the second, so you try and do a couple of units like that. And then you stick the second units kind of six inches behind them, which means if someone comes in and hits them or something, they're on a two up armor save, four wounds each. They're pretty hard to kill unless you're something extremely hard. And then whatever comes will, will then get stuck on you. And then your unit that sits behind charges in and frees them up. You're not tempted to, I, I guess we can get uh 
get to reflecting back on the list later down the line in a bit more detail. It, but it you, adds drops. Whatever, whatever uh, you're going to say, adds drops. It, whatever and, you're going to say. <laughs> so, I mean, it's there's a lot in the Metro moment about it's a drops game. And interestingly, if you look a year ago, five drop was key, and about and then Sinesh came along, and it was four drops or two drops, and now Fire Slayers are, were four drops, I and mean, you can get down to a three drop, and you know you've got the new change host, which is a three drop, some of the Oracle list, you know, so. It really is a race to the bottom. And so if you can get two or three drop, you're still, apart from the new change shows, pretty much relying on going first or, or having the choice, sorry. And I think for this list, the worst thing it wants to do is be set up and then be made to go first and go, well, I can't do anything and now I can get doubled. So I, I do, you know, one of the things I was really trying to do is it's almost worth not taking stuff in the army just to keep your drops down at two or just trying to just do a list with one character so that you're a one drop because um, I think it's that important at the moment. It, you either build a list, I, I, I ran a Living Cities list at another tournament where I was 14 drop. So I think you kind of go seven or above, or you, if you're going to go for a low drop, you, you need to make it super low to actually make yourself have that chance. And w- where do you think that drop is at the moment? Three or lower. If you, Three if you're or not, lower. Yeah. There, there, are, there are so many lists that are four is on a dice. It's not really worth trying that hard. Um, but if you can be three, there are very few lists that are three or lower. So I think you, you should be confident of having the choice 90% of the games. Well, until the new change house is everywhere. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. That's that's problematic, that one drop, isn't it? Yeah, that's you can't really do much about that. Not many lists have one drop. So what about day two? How did that go overall? Oh, I had I had absolutely the best game of a long time. First game, day two. So um, I played the... Sinesh Super Summoning Host, uh, and this was this was really interesting. So we were playing. Is this the White Dwarf one? Yes, yeah, that gets double depravity. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, you can't get double turn by Sinesh because of all the summoning, and you have to try and hope you get a double turn against them so that you can kill stuff, and then it doesn't come back, especially when he's getting double depravity. But he set up really deep, just in case I did take first turn. And, you know, so I gave him first and he basically just cast two endless spells through his own keepers and got like 30 depravity or something stupid. And then basically just sat there and he moved his screen up. He took like both the objectives to get the points, didn't come anywhere near me. And so in my turn, it was kind of, well, I basically have to try and play for a double. So I have to. So I moved up. I killed all the stuff on his objectives, but then moved my stuff in range so that if I got the double turn, I'd actually be able to go and get into his keepers and start killing it all. Although he was a very good player and he'd still screened himself. So even if I got the double, I'm not actually sure I'd have got in. And so he then got the turn and he can came in and killed loads of demigriffs. But I'd kind of got a third layer, third wave. And the trick to Sinesh, if anyone plays against them, is you have to use another unit that they place to pivot off, which allows you to get into their keepers. So you don't ever charge a keeper, you charge near a keeper, you hit something else, and then you pile in so that you hit the keeper. That so, makes sense. so that they then can't locus you? No, they can locus you, they just can't activate. Oh, they can't activate, my bad, sorry. Yeah, so because you'll always have to be within six of them just for the pile in to work. But basically, yeah, you're just, you're outside of range. So basically, they, you know, they're, the unit you're in combat with can do it, but then you... You pile in with your unit and, like I said, three of the demis can kill a keeper. So the theory all works, but then I just kept on not getting the double, um, which kind of really pinned me back. And it became a bit of a game of just trying to hold the objectives. And then on, I ended up getting a double, I think it was turn three. But then he then got one back and he then he had about 60 depravity points or something. And he chained someone kind of two, um, two heroes and then a unit of demonettes onto the end objective, which then got it and then it was it was an awesome awesome game and it came down to the last priority role and he he won the last priority and if i got it i would have won he got it he won so it was one of those just really really good both of us in it to the end you know it's always sad to lose but actually it was epic so uh, i didn't really mind at all so but yeah that was really good 
but it's it's nasty. But the, I mean, the problem is he generates double depravity through his own units. He generates double depravity when he kills me, and he generates double depravity when I'm fighting him because he kept everything within range of sea kill, however you pronounce it. Um, and my what's it called? You know, the rain of stars from the Star Drake mm-hmm. was so annoying. Uh, so he'd done three wounds to himself to sea kill um, on his first turn with an endless spell, and then as he won turn two priority, or sorry, as he took turn two priority, I then moved the spell. I avoided the keepers, but I moved it back through Ezekiel and some of his um, uh, Demonettes units just to try and kill all of them. And I did another three wounds to him, I think. So we only had three wounds left. And then my reign of stars for five turns just missed him. <laughs> it was just like, just die. And he really, really wouldn't. It was very annoying. Sometimes that reign of stars just doesn't get what you want. You know, sometimes it really pays off and you're absolutely laughing. But sometimes it's just like, why would you do this to me, Dice? Yeah, it kind of felt like that all game for me. Uh, it definitely, reign of stars was not, it's not shining glory. <laughs> but then the last game. So I was playing against OBR with um, 40 10-10 Mortec, uh, Leeds Cavalos, a Bone Shaper and the Gash. Now, the gash in Petrofex is just horrendous. You know, it's the two up armor save, all the spells, and then all the Mortec. And this was quite an interesting one because he used that lovely trick in his first turn. Because I, I basically deployed out of range of everything, gave him first turn. Um, and then he did the thing where he does the mortal wounds from the gash and then teleports, you know, where you can't oh, protect the gash. Of the gash yeah. But we were playing Scorched Earth, which was the burn one. And so he teleported right back into my territory. And then he charged some, um, so then he gets a move after it. And then he charged some demigriffs. He didn't manage to kill the unit. And more importantly, he because I still had something in range, he didn't manage to take the objective off me because I had all the objectives my, my plan was to claim all the objectives in my in his turn one because you know the rule works basically you check for control at the end of the turn so that meant even though i hadn't had a turn i would have claimed all the objectives and i could move off them in my turn one so i uh, that that was the plan and so but then as he teleported in the gash right to the very back uh, and he cast a, me- a malevolent maelstrom to do it and i then thought actually i can hide the maelstrom so he can't dispel it which means Nagash will be stranded on my side of the table. And each turn, he can go and take one objective. But that's a, you know, so basically, per turn, Nagash can get him one. And if he wants to spend 800 points of his army getting him one objective a turn, he's quite welcome to it. So I basically just ran my entire army in the opposite direction to him, apart from one unit of demigriffs, which I just retreated, but kept in range. So I held on to control of the objective so that he had to stay there for a turn to kill them. Otherwise, he would have done absolutely nothing. So then he wins turn two priority. I hide the uh, maelstrom so he can't dispel it to teleport Nagash again. So then Nagash basically just sits there, um, killing, kills a few demigriffs and claims an objective. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, but so then in my turn too, and this was true, and he, he then also charges some of my stuff and tries to kill it, uh, sorry, tries to pin it, but through multiple, act- I'd made sure I got my demis into his table quarter, which means I had two activations for each of my demigriff units, and they do, the demis do mortal wounds on sixes to wound, so actually through two activations of kind of nine attacks each, they managed to kill the tens or one ten, which then meant I had two units of demis free. And this was epic. I don't think he expected this. The guy had also, in fairness, burnt all of his relentless discipline in my turn. Um, and so I charged in with two demigriff units. And we were playing in Shaish. I think it's where you get to always strike first. So I spent a command point to make one demigriff unit fight first. And then the other activates in order. I spent a point to re-roll hits on one of the units. And between them, two units of demigriffs wiped out about 30 Mortec Guard. <laughs> which was just a thing of beauty yeah it's nice nice to be able to chew through those big units because they've got a bit of a rep for being unkillable haven't they they really do and yeah i just don't think you know ren 2 when they've only got five up without re-rolling i mean he shouldn't have spent all his relentless discipline at all in his first turn so that was his error 
but it was still just pretty epic to just go in and just absolutely smash them. And then I did point out to him that even if I hadn't smashed them quite so well, I had a second activation because he was like, oh, you're being so lucky. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, they, they well, can you they, survive they, two they of that? So. <clears throat> they, they could all do it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's nice to and know. so he, he just quit. So, um, so you, yeah, kind of, you, you had a fairly successful tournament then? Yeah, no, it was, like I said, it was far exceeded my expectations. And bizarrely, one more win, um, you know, against that Sinesh player, which really wasn't out of the realm and I could have been podium in. So I was very surprised, actually. I didn't think the list was that good. I, you know, I, I, I knew the list was strong, but I thought it was mid-table strong, not top-table strong. So it just shows you never write off a list until you play it. Yeah, reflecting back on how your list did was there, were there any things that you think you can like any gaps in the list that you think you can change but i'm cognizant of the fact that you don't want to increase the drops too much yeah and, and that's really the problem so it's so i mean like i say the star drake was the worst event sorry the worst performer of the list he, he did the least for the 500 points he costs because i'm thinking so really, you could do prime instead and that's exactly where i'm going um so essentially the, the list i would run if i went again was you drop the star drake and you add in a prime and that means you can get three more demis because that's the other thing i found was just you just want as many demis as possible because they are the best thing in the list um so you take the prime to drop down and basically even if he doesn't drop down he gives your opponents me to worry about and then when he does come down as he's most likely going to be in their territory he gets to activate twice as well which is just fantastic i think the prime um, prime going twice is a fairly punchy it really is, isn't it? Yeah. And especially as you can pretty much guarantee his charge, not quite anywhere on the table, but considering you can make it a 12 and he flies and he comes down everywhere, it is quite hard to keep him out. So um, you can make sure that basically you're within three inches of two units so that you always get the second activation. So yeah, the prime, and then you get three more demis and then an Azeros. You kind of, you have 120 for, points. For the reroll ones. Yes. Well, because I'm thinking a, a Griffin Lord or Griffin General, a prime and five threes of demis is 1700. And that then gives you 300 points to spend on a Black Dragon. I was just going to say Black Dragon 300 points. Yeah. And then that means you've got another because you can't give the prime your second artifact, can you? That's a, well, yeah, you can give it to the Azir Ross. But yeah, because actually you can get and give the Black Dragon down to a two plus armor save. Yeah, exactly. And I'm thinking then, then the, the black dragon, the black dragon then gives you a punchy thing that you can throw into combat that you're that's reasonably tanky. That's reasonably tanky, where and you don't want to be doing that with your general because you want to be keeping him alive to be a buff piece. Yeah, I quite like that. I hadn't even thought of that one because um, I think the other thing is um, you could always get a, I think it's um, the mage um, mage on Griffin. I think is oh, 300 just, points as well. Yeah, I just don't think he's. He's that good. Uh, he needed two casts or yeah, something. exactly. I d I don't think he adds. Like you might as well just take a what are they called? Um, a dark elf sorceress. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's kind of it's one of those really annoying things that the general is like three twenty or see three twenty or three forty because it's like one more of him would just be perfect in the list. But yeah, battle mage is three hundred and free deal general is three twenty. Yeah, it's so close. I hate it when a list is just twenty points <laughs> off being perfect. Damn. If only oh, they, no. it's almost like they designed it to be like that. Um, uh, yeah, so if you, if you sorceress on black dragon is three hundred, but then again, she just suffers from the same problem. I think you've got the same problem just, as the the um, the griffin mage. I mean, the, the problem with the dragon as well though is it just hits on fours for its it's d6 attack so it's so swinging i mean in fairness it is a two up save with four wounds so sorry 14 wounds so it it is reasonably tanky so yeah i actually think that's not a bad shout and then it gives you th two well it gives you 
the dragon, the three units, and the general as your main, and then a prime that they have to worry about. Although Naziros is really nice, just because the, it improves the reliability of all of your units so much, because essentially each unit's got 19 attacks hitting on twos. Yeah. It really sucks when you roll ones. And then you, it does, <laughs> yeah. I suppose, I think I'll be, I temp, I'll be tempted to try both. Give give both a go, and then see whether you, you need that for sixth unit. Um, but then, as you say, the Azeros is a force multiplier for all of the army, whereas... Mm. The black dragon is it's just a kind of a it's, black dragon. It's a, but it's also a distraction kind of effects in the way because then you've got two big things that look scary. And, and also, you're right. You do just he has no synergy with the army, so you can just kind of run him away onto a flank and do something with him. Which and he doesn't need to do anything with anyone else, which is quite nice. Which is almost what the Star Drake did, but he does it 200 points cheaper. And you can't drop the Azeros, can you? Because drop is part of the Stormcast. Uh, yes, no, you can't. Yeah, Sorry, so then start. you're kind of flapping around behind, you know, behind them and keeping up. But and also, he is only five wounds, so you face anything like a um, a, a catapult from, um, you know, OBR, you know, or um, a Lord of Changes spell. You know, he just dies to, to one thing. So actually, it's quite nice putting the your artifact in something that's a bit more survivable. No, I actually, I really like that idea. I might I might steal that. I would I would say I steal it and make it my own. But I think unfortunately, this is a this is a podcast or something so other people may have heard <laughs> yeah, about absolutely. it absolutely so damn it <laughs> it's it's the dan mitchell hammer hole list tm yeah <laughs> you can run it if you like and you know t- i can take all the glory claim all the glory yeah. exactly <laughs> so um what about what's next for you? Have, you have you kind of ticked the hammer hole box are you wanting to move on to something else i think so i mean i, I may currently be sitting here painting seraphon um <laughs> which Yes, I won't say anything more about because obviously it's not not anything general release yet. But so that I mean, I'm for anyone who knows me during seventh and eighth, I played Lizardman uh, pretty much exclusively for about three or four years around pretty much any tournament of going. Um, so that's something that's always been very close to my heart. And so I'm very excited about them having a new book and something else to kind of play and get get on with. But then also, I mean, I've still got I've, I've got a whole Deepkin army uh, which I've kind of you know painted and never really used, and some of the MSU Deepkin armies, especially with the chain host out and about, I think are, are really quite strong. Um, again, with a prime or something like that to kind of give it a bit of a bit of difference. Um, I'm, I'm, my, the Living Cities list that I used at the team tournament. Again, I'm quite interested by. I think it struggles a bit against some of the orcs, just with the wound count they've got. I'm just not sure it can do the damage, and they kind of flood the board a bit too much. But it is a really nice list. Um, you know, it basically it's a list that most of it starts off the table, and then it kind of pops on wherever you want it and does a lot of damage. The theory of the list is it tries to focus 2,000 points of army into any bit of the board you want it to. So essentially, you, you can basically say, right, over this square here, I'm going to apply my entire army force against whatever it is that you've got there um, and overwhelm it and then move on and kind of kill the next bit. And, and actually speaking of that, I've also got a um, KO list, which I've got everything kind of painted up and ready to go. But again, I just don't quite think that book cuts it, to be quite honest. Um, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's thematic. I just don't quite think it's competitive. It suffers too much from the, I'm going to drop and roll some dice. And if I don't roll good enough dice and then you roll double turn, I die. And again, it's never yeah, nice if, playing if, a list if, that's if so my dry, If my dice are good, and I get the double. It's an instant win. Uh, yeah, if they're not, it's an instant. Not not quite instant loss, but, and, uh, but it's, it's, like a, it's these... a very slow death. <laughs> it's the yeah, same yeah. for my my shoot cast drop list, the the castigator one with the Soulstrike Brotherhood. If you... Have you actually used that? Because I've been writing that again recently for team yeah. tournaments. Yeah, it, well, for, for team tournaments, it would be ideal because you can match it into you know you, you have that matchup kind of uh, the bonus. But yeah, I, and I've got I've got it. I've got it made. Have you got, so it, you have got it? Uh, well, 
I've got it painted. <laughs> oh, check, check you out. <laughs> I've got it half painted. Um, it's have you that, got it as a three drop? Uh, I'd have to. I'd have to go back to my notes, but mm. I've got. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's twenty-four think, uh, castigators, fifteen adjudicators, I think, and then just the Griffin. Uh, sorry, the Griff charge was your general. Ah, uh, no, I went for something slightly different. I went for ten evocators. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, tw- I think eighteen, so fifteen and a three. Uh, okay, no. You see, if you're going to go in on the theme, you need to go all in on the theme. Yeah, but then you're. You, I'm, I'm building mine for a single list. You're building yours for a team list. Yeah. So I wanted something a little bit more flexible. But that is, that's, that's a jack. I think that's a, a topic for another day. Perhaps maybe we can <laughs> we can share uh, castigator tips with each other on on the airwaves, and we can uh, yeah play against Nighthorn or demons and win. <laughs> oh, it's, it was so good. <laughs> I played Ben Johnson's um, Archaeon list, and I was just like, ha ha, your demons, piao 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 piao. <laughs> Did you tailor the list knowing you were playing him? No, I didn't actually. I just bought it because it was what I had made. It was after I got rid of my pterodons and I was just desperately searching for an army that was vaguely playable uh, in a playable state that wasn't my Skaven. That's the problem at the moment. I don't have a playable army, so I'm just kind of... I need to get one up for, for March for Heat 2, and so that's not too far away. You just have hundreds of playable concepts. <laughs> exactly. Lots of playable concepts or half-assembled uh, armies, which uh, sadly don't necessarily uh, cut it for a tournament. So how do you think this Hammerhall list works in the current meta? So interestingly, so stuff like OBR, it is really quite good against, I think, after, you know, I I do think my opponent made quite a few errors. But just the fact that, you know, even if they're on a five plus three rolling, it's the Ren 2 that suddenly means you can actually get through. I mean, actually, some of the lists that were there with a harvester, I think it probably would just die to unless it's a spread out scenario just because it has no way of it's got no reach to kill that harvester. Um, So, yeah, it's struggling that trying to think you know so it's it's got it's reasonably fast it's reasonably low drop i just think it's just a solid list so i don't, I don't think it would ever win a tournament but i think it could very easily go to lots of tournaments and do win three or four out of five games and have a lot of fun and actually i think all my opponents kind of enjoyed playing against it as well even the ones i kind of killed quite quickly for some reason if you kill someone in combat by charging them with demigriff they seem happier about it than if you shoot them off without going anywhere near them you know it's, it's a slightly strange experience but it's definitely something most people find so yeah i think it's just it's just solid and uh what about the big bad at the moment lots of uh lots of zinch attention going around do you think how how does it fare against those oh no yeah they, it's just it's not even playable you just lose you've got no screen you've got it's it's a fairly extreme thing i think if you're taking this to an event and you were i guess quite lucky in that you you didn't play zinch did you uh i'm not a competitive zinch i played the um the oracles list mm. well, so, I, sorry i'll I, 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 I rephrase that you, you didn't play new zinch did you you played old touch no. <laughs> and and yes. the zinc that you did play was as you say not too competitive so yeah. i guess if you're taking this army to an event you kind of do it knowing full well that there are some matchups that just absolutely you know rock rock to your your scissors yeah i do one of the things that's interesting about the meta at the moment is there are very few if any lists that are, that don't have a rock paper scissors you know even the you know the change host there's quite a few things that that nigh on auto loses to you know there's there are very few things you can go i think this beats everything which i'm not entirely sure whether i like or i dislike in some ways it's quite good but i hate that in some ways because i also want to take a list to a tournament that i think has the possibility of beating everything and i really don't think there's anything out there at the moment that does that yeah no i like that though i, I like that even extremists mm. have got extreme counters there's yeah. a lot of uh, and again there's a lot of kind of very extreme reactions to things like obr and zine you know you know obr's terrible because it doesn't get beaten well it doesn't doesn't get beaten by what's currently out there but then suddenly uh, then zinch come along and everyone's like oh my god it just dies straight away to obr yeah to, um, but, but even not even in a kind of escal- escalatory manner so like you know obr 
becoming not very good because Zinch is on the on the scene now is is fine fine that is a response to it but there was a response to OBR before and that was yeah. don't engage them with low rend in combat and some armies can already do that you know yeah. that that shoot cast list that we described a second ago would would be would love it oh they just annihilate it in the shooting phase yeah and that's not without because I know that again there's a bit of a meme of like just shoot the heroes um <laughs> you know it's like oh, why why don't you have enough things but actually with with things like OBR out there then having some way of reaching out and touch people and, and having an effect at range that's something that you got to take into account for into consideration when building list yeah no exactly and it, and it's all of these different things are just forcing people to adjust their list to take them into account and love it or hate it one of the uh, the, the characteristics of, of our meta at the moment is the fact that it's so fluid so you know with the fast release schedule there are very few lists that you could say i'm just going to play this exact same list for 12 months without having to change it because it's the meta isn't evolving whereas if you you know the, back in the day so to speak you know you could play the same list for three years without it changing because the meta was so static so i mean i personally think it's a positive i can see why i also paint fast and have lots of armies so I can be very adaptive, as I, I guess if you're someone who's going, I want to paint a competitive army up in over six months. By the time you paint it up, it may not be a competitive army anymore. So, I mean, my advice to anyone is just paint what you like and want to play. Because, and if you really, really want to chase the meta, then get faster painting or borrow or buy. <laughs> because you know, it's I don't think that's going to change. And I actually, in many ways, think I agree with you. It's a good thing. If you want to keep up with the meta and you want to constantly adapt and you want to be able to constantly compete at that bleeding edge, that's a decision that you have to make and have to kind of take into account the kind of financial impact of that. Of like, yeah, if you want to always be able to do that, then you may have to buy new models or change your army completely or, or, or buy a whole new army. But there is no shame to be saying, do you know what, I've got a really strong army and it will go three and two or four and one. But if you want to constantly win, like like in any sport or any game, if you if, if there's a new squash racket that weighs half as much, then that's or probably going to be really expensive. Much, or a hundredth of as much. If you look at what people do on the Tour de France for the bikes, if it weighs one gram less and costs 10,000 more, you buy it. You know, it's kind of obviously not quite the same things. We're not professionals, but it is that if you're wanting to compete at the top speak, end. Speak to yourself, Jack. I consider myself Apologies, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, and yeah. I, think, I think that's something that, you know, people can get frustrated at that they can't always be uh, at the bleeding edge and, and why can't my army compete but it's like well because there's people out there that want to compete more than than others and and they adapt their lists and and buy the new thing straight away but i also think there's an element of picking an arm if you want to be someone who want his is constantly competitive and um doesn't have to change their army very often i think you you make different army selections so for example if you want something that will stand the test of time so to speak i think you pick something like stormcast or something like deepkin something where there's either a lot of internal variety you know so okay it's a combat meta let's go you know um let's use use evocators and gavriel okay it's a sh- i need a shooting meta let's go to castigators and i appreciate you need different models but you often have a, a similar core um or you go something like deepkin which are just a very aggressive army that force reaction and so it, you, you kind of make someone else react to you and i think one of the things about deepkin is they've just been a consistently high performer forever um daughters are probably another example you know they've just they've been able to slightly adapt to the meta or just dictate it you know i do think they've got some hard counters now but daughters are still really strong and so i think if you if you sometimes jump onto some of the new extreme builds and you find yourself in a few months finding that, that extreme build has got a counter you know like the sinesh which would basically just the combat kings but then as soon as someone else who's stronger at you than combat then suddenly you find out you lose whereas 
if you go for something that you know has got a different style to it or possibilities, your arm is more likely to be valid. I mean, I think that James Tinsdale has been, you know, I know he loves the fact that he's known for Deepkin, but it, he's been playing Deepkin successfully for a number of years now. And actually, there's still a very competitive army that he could take and win a tournament with. And there's not many books you can say have been winning tournaments or have the potential to win tournaments for since they've come out. Yeah, no, I think that's a really valid point. Facehammer did uh, an episode on, well, it was back when Zinch was the, was the big deal and all the kind of skyfires were ro- roaming the lands. And they said, you know, what's the best the best army in Age of Sigmar? And right at the end, Russell's like, it's, it's Stormcast because they've got all the tools. Mm, and you can just adapt the tools to whatever it is that's currently strong. Exactly. And I think that's a really, really interesting point to kind of consider when you are buying an army to compete for the future. You know, don't yeah. necessarily buy what's good against Zinch because by the time you've built and painted it, that might not be relevant. So buy an army that you enjoy playing and that has yeah. a, that has a, a broad range of tool, tools to draw from and then get very good at that army. Get experience with that army and, yeah, uh, that, and keep going. That's, that's, that's why I'm so excited for Seraphon because they've got they've got the potential to be an incredibly punchy, fast cavalry Saurus army. They've got the potential, you know, backed up with Carnosaurs. They've got the potential to be a very resilient kind of hordy troop army with Saurus Guard and they've got potential to be magic and movement shenanigans and skinks teleporting around and we don't know what's I mean I don't know you you obviously <laughs> do <laughs> but one doesn't know at this point what what that is and those of you out there who've got kind of fully made Seraphon armies and a collection are going to be in a fantastic place because they're going to be able to look at the book when it arrives and go do you know what that style of Seraphon list looks perfect for what I want to get out of the current you know state of the meta so i'll build i'll build and play for that i don't need to build because it's good to go yeah no i mean because even if you you know if you don't know what's in the book you know that you know they've got lots of monsters in their current range you know they've got as you say cavalry you know they've got magic users and you know they've got shooting so it just allows you to kind of go well i'm pretty sure they'll be able to do lots of different things and so as you say you can then just tailor to do what bit you like absolutely right jack anything else to add have you got any points any words (laughs) of wisdom to share just shoot the characters just shoot the characters (laughs) there we go (laughs) so i'm gonna have to ask you uh our our favorite two questions on oh yeah God, I, I know this podcast. I love this. I listen to it all the time. I completely forgot these questions were coming. I probably should well, have they are coming. But before we do the so, priority any, role, the priority any sh- role. No, no, no. <laughs> that, you're not allowed to say the priority role. I know. I know. Um, so before we do, any shout outs or Twitter handles or anything like that? Uh, Jack W. Armstrong. Fantastic. And are you? do you frequent any clubs? Uh, the, actually, that's a good point. Yeah. So this is more gaming clubs. Keep it clean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Damn it. Um, yeah. The Hydra Gaming Club down in Tunbridge Wells. If anyone is ever down in the vicinity or reasonably local, we play every Tuesday night. 40k aos titanicus necromunda 30k pretty much anything and everything so um yeah it's a really nice club with lots of different games excellent so if you could protect one thing about age sigma and never have it change what would that be and if you could only change one thing about age sigma what would that be so the thing i love the most about the game is the um objective place ability so for those of you who remember back to the old edition it was all about um killing your opponent's army and that was it whereas what i love about aos is it's all about the objectives and so it doesn't matter whether you win or lose your army it's all about whether you kill your opponent's army. i'm sorry you it's all about what you um what you score and you can always tell good players because the only thing they focus on is am i scoring um the points and so i think that's it's a really really good thing to get better at is doesn't matter about anything else in the game just focus on the objectives and if you win that you win the game yeah absolutely objectives objective the objective play in the game is is definitely one of the one of the fantastic things about age of sigma you know now they've got you know what they the secret missions you know they're 
they're adding more and more to the game that adds good elements to it, essentially. Um, and I just think that's brilliant for the game because it makes it tactical and it means all this stuff you've got around, you know, who's got the better army, who's got the stronger army. You know, in my game at the tournament against Sinesh, my army was outmatched by the Sinesh army. But because of objective play, because it was the three objectives and I could split my force massively and he was trying to group his, it meant I could stay in that game and almost win it. So I could, in a straight up fight, I was never going to win that game. In an objective base, I could have won. You know, so I just think, yeah, objectives, keep them and make the keep, keep them constant and make it, it makes the game better. Right. Next up, what about what would you remove or change? So, uh, yeah, so I hate the fly interaction with height scenery so basically it's the i'm going to go and land on top of this tall thing or i'm going to go and land on a side or i'm going to walk up the edge of a building and i've chatted to quite a few games designers about this quite a few times and there isn't unfortunately a good solution it's not like oh there's a there's a really easy option why don't they implement this because i've completely talked to them about this quite a bit um so yeah i don't know the solution um i don't know how you fix this but uh, it just really annoys me because it's just so stupid um, and it's just so annoying but it's just one of those things where it just basically if ever you have a bit of scenery with any type of height to it i just try and not deploy anywhere near it because it just ruins it because essentially it just means someone has this ability to run up the side of it and get into your characters or do that and you, you know you sometimes i play the game where i've gone okay i'm gonna screen by putting my unit halfway up this hill and so these are you, you get, it becomes so abstract and it's just really annoying but then the problem is if you take that away, then theoretically you get situations where someone can, I don't know, fly up to the top of something and you can't then land there, you know, or what you say is you can't land on. And they've had the same problem in 40K and, you know, it's there is no neat rule around this. And I'm not quite sure how they solve it, but I really hope they do. I really dislike it. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of ruined my next question because usually when people say, I don't like X, I then say, well, what would you do about it? And you've kind of just said you're not <laughs> sure what to do. <laughs> there was yeah, someone I... posting on Twitter about this recently and giving some examples of uh, models, you know, theoretically kind of placed and like where does the base do they go diagonally do they go halfway up do they hover in thin air yeah exactly and and there's no neat answer which is why it's so annoying mm. we shall see we shall see what uh what the future holds for flying <laughs> models or indeed objective based pay jack it's been an absolute pleasure having you on priority roll thank you for joining us yes mate it's been awesome and i shall see you at a tournament soon i will cheers Dan. take care cheers bye Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve, or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority Roll. Priority Roll.